Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to another edition of What the Fantasy Podcast. We're joined by Tom Goslowski, a.k.a. Sleepy Dad from 1045. <laughs> and Kyle Ray from ESPN Radio Verdansk, one of our uh, favorite correspondents from Verdansk. Sleepy Dad, do you understand that reference? Uh, I don't. I thought it was some random place you guys just made up. It's kind of made up. But I can't breathe. <laughs> it's, where, it's where Kyle spends most of his time. It's a Call of Duty reference. Oh, God, <laughs> the kids call it. Yeah, because when, when I was prepping for today's show, Kyle was playing Call of Duty with our squad. So we'll see how much <laughs> information Kyle learned from Call of Duty. Um, boys, this week is not over yet. We, we record this podcast on Tuesdays. And we have Tuesday night football. I don't think – I'm pretty sure this is actually a fact. I don't think I've ever lived through a Tuesday night game. Correct. I think, it's, I think it's been like 30 years. Something like that. that. It was like in the 70s or 80s. Maybe longer than 30 years. But, yeah, uh, the, the year of COVID, we have Tuesday football. It has been reported zero positive tests this morning. So it looks like the Bills and Titans are actually going to play tonight. I don't know about you guys. Maybe I'm just a pessimist, but I thought there was no chance. After all of the positive tests that popped up last week, they had a few strings of negative days, but it was positive after positive after positive. But somehow they're going to play football in Tennessee today. I'm going to let Kyle go first because he is the Mr. Bills Mafia fan. So I'm curious about your opinion, Kyle, because it's your team playing tonight. I honestly – a lot of people hated me for this, but I did not want the Bills playing the Titans. And I think it's pretty simple. I don't need the Bills catching COVID. Uh, it takes a couple extra days for COVID to start showing signs and everything like that. Um, and say three or four of these players have it and they're still just not showing symptoms or it's not available on the test. Then the Bills get infected and then we come to a whole mess of NFL issues. And – I honestly think the Titans should forfeit. That's my personal opinion. Do I want to see Josh Allen play? Yes. But if, you're t- if your players are completely ignoring the COVID rules that were set in place by hosting their own practice, that should be like, all right, y'all are done. You're done for two weeks. Your team is shut down two weeks. Steelers, you get the win. Bills, you get the win. Next team, you get the win. Congratulations, Tennessee. You just lost three games because you couldn't follow protocol. It's, it's funny, when, when the report came out, and I know they had the NFL investigation, but the report came out that the Titans had off-site workouts when, when their facility was shut down, and people were in uproar. Was anybody surprised? I mean, Coach Rabel's a guy that's literally willing to cut off his genitalia to <laughs> win a Super Bowl, and you're surprised that he's going to have his players work out off-site? I mean, come on. And it, it's, it's a tough situation. Like, we could all get on their case, you know, what were you thinking? You know, this is how it spread. But, like, you're in the middle of a season. You're an undefeated team. And, like, to have someone just shut you down, <clears throat> and you, you can do all the virtual meetings you want, but there's nothing like – we all play football. There's nothing like being on the field and actually practicing and trying to implement things 
trying to do that virtually, that's only half the battle, right? Like you got to be on the field doing it. So I can see why they did it. We can look back and be like, guys, that was so stupid and, and selfish and careless. But uh, I'm also not surprised that with that head coach and a lot of NFL teams would probably try to be, you know, sneak in some workouts like that. Totally yeah, and this year, yeah, and this year especially, I never thought in my lifetime I'd have to re-question what the terms right and fair meant. I thought I'd always know what the right answer was or feel like closest to and what was the fair thing to do. Uh, the right thing is like Kyle just said, okay, what happens if guys get infected tonight? Like the sports fan in us is thrilled we get NFL football to watch tonight. But is it the right thing? Because what if they say, well, look, yeah, the Titans and Bills played, and only three players tested positive, so that's pretty good. No, it's not. Like, yeah. three's not good. One's not good. So there's that one side of it. And what Kyle brought up there about the Titans practicing, I'm, I'm glad you brought the example all three of us played football. I don't know if you guys had a coach where you'd run a drill and a player would get hurt in the drill, and rather than shutting down practice, they just moved the drill up 10 yards. And someone would check on the injured player. Like, that's right. how we used to do some drills. Like, hey, we we're sorry you're injured, but we're not going to shut down practice. So let's just move the drill up. Traders can go check on that. So that's what I wonder about the Titans. Like, yes, the guys had COVID, but so what's fair? So, hey, you're going to play the Bills with zero practice. You guys can't – I guess that's the rule. But Vrabel probably looked at it and said, okay, we're either going to play with the healthy guys or we're going to get crushed. What do I, You gave me no options here on this end. I don't think they should forfeit because it doesn't feel like the Marlins and the Cardinals when we knew what they were doing. It felt like, and again, this is the other insane part about COVID. We don't know the right details. Did they catch COVID and then they practiced? Did they already have COVID? Did they get COVID because they practiced? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if anyone in Tennessee knows the answer to that. Right. And I, I, don't, want their, I don't want it to come down to forfeits because that's just going to become, you know, it's not, like you said, fair or right, like, Luckily, to this point, there have been no cancellations. We've had multiple postponements, and good luck trying to figure out the Adam Schefter update of this game's been moved to here, and now this game's over here. One, let's take it one day at a time. We know it looks like the Titans and Bills are going to play tonight, and that means the Bills are not playing on Thursday against the Chiefs. That game's now been moved to Monday, um, which I don't know about you guys, but, I mean, these last few weeks – so many of my leagues have come down to now these Monday doubleheaders. Now there's the Tuesday game. Like I'm losing, I'm already losing hair. I know this is a, this is a podcast, <laughs> but the hairline is receding by the day. Um, it, it is, it's fun. Like it's nice that we have, you know, if you have a crappy Monday night game uh, or, you know, not an interesting one, you might not watch. But now we have, like you're guaranteed to have cool storylines. Like everyone's going to be watching this Bills-Titans game, two undefeated teams. Um, going at it. I'm curious though. So I'm the commissioner of two of our leagues. Um, I know guys, you're affiliated with other leagues. You know, this is unprecedented trying to figure out how to handle fantasy football because should teams be punished for rostering Titans players? And you don't know, like we literally this morning, everyone checked their phone and no one really knew, are we playing this game tonight until you get those results back from the Titans and the bills. It looks like they are going to play. But you have to make these decisions on Sunday. Of, am I going to have Derrick Henry? Am I going to have Josh Allen? And so what we did in our league, guys, and, and you're involved in one of these leagues, the WTF League, which I don't really want to talk about how badly I'm playing in that. But what we decided to do, and I thought it made the most sense, is 
you allow teams to announce substitute players. So what that means is a, a player has to be on your bench. So let's just use an example. Let's say, yeah, and this is actually for one of my teams. I have Josh Allen as my starting quarterback, Gardner Minshew on my bench. So I have to announce to the group, Gardner Minshew, if the bills get canceled, Gardner Minshew is now my quarterback. And so in the ESPN leagues, you have the ability to substitute players after the fact. So my locked lineup has Josh Allen starting and Minshew on the bench. If that game gets canceled, I can now substitute that player in, the only the player that I announced, and now I get those points. I think that's the only fair way to do it because, yeah, we deal with injuries every single week, and that sucks if, for instance, you had Dak Prescott who got injured in the, the third quarter. And now you're like, well, that sucks. I, I thought I was going to have him for a full game, and I only got 11 or 12 points. That happens. We can't, hand, we can't predict that. You can't you know, plan for that. But the COVID thing, I think this is the best way to handle it because, again, how do you let someone get punished for something you can't predict? The game gets canceled. It's an unexpected bye week that came out of nowhere. What do you think, guys? Did you like the way that we handled that in the WTF league? It's the – Best way to do it. It's not, it's not like the ultimate, this is how it always has to go. Like if you're listening and you run your own fantasy league and you didn't do it, I'm not going to shame you and be like, how dare you not do this? Because here's the other tough part about it. It's the closest way to get it right. Because like, let's use the Patriots for an example. I believe the Patriots, one of their games basically turned into a bye week. I think the Titans the same way it turned into a bye week. Right. So you're like, well, I didn't draft my team with the Titans or Patriots having a week four bye. Sorry. Like, yeah. Well, some of these other teams might play now, so you got to readjust your roster and everything else. Yeah, I think if you're running leagues, I think that's the best way to do it, that if someone shoots you a text, hey, here's what I want to do, great. I'm curious that – and you can follow us on Twitter. You can hit us up on social media and everything else. If everyone's doing it, like there might be some managers – like, Chet, you talked about the Minshew Allen move. I wonder if there's some managers who are just like, screw it. I'll just play the guys who I know we're going to play. And if Josh Allen has a big game and I got beat on it, I got beat. You know, every single week we do coin flips and figure out who's in your lineup, who's not. I wonder if there's some people that are just like, I'm not even going to deal with it. I'm just going to – this is my lineup. This is who I'm rooting for. I'm not going to second guess it. Even if I'm given the option, I'm going to roll with it. It's a good scenario. I'm curious how many other leagues are doing it. So I think it's great. But some people might be just because they've never done it before want to do it. And it's okay, I think, as a, as a commissioner, like – you can change like just because you didn't do it last week when the Patriots had their scare or the, or the Titans Steelers game got postponed. Like, like this is the first week we implemented it because it's each week is different. It's changing. Like we're now seeing, you know, how these games are getting shuffled around. And like, there's a, there's a huge difference between having, you know, a game that's scheduled for Monday as opposed to Tuesday. Cause with a Tuesday game, you literally don't have a backup option. Like, let's say that the Bills game was scheduled for, you know, 5 p.m., kind of like the Patriots were. The Patriots game was scheduled as the first game on Monday night. Well, at least if that game gets postponed late, you still have some wiggle room, you know? Like, you can go add a tight end or a wide receiver for your flex, and you might be able to make it work. If you wake, if you wake up this morning and you have three players in this Titans-Bills game and that gets postponed, you literally don't have an option. You're taking zeros. And, and so, like we said, again, Derrick Henry is rostered in 100% of leagues. Like, everyone in your, in your league probably had to draft Derrick Henry in the first round. You shouldn't have to bench Derrick Henry two weeks in a row because of the what-if game. Mm -hmm. 
But yeah, that's why I think I'm with Gaz. I think it's the it's the way to do it. It makes it a little complicated. You know, you, you have to keep track of, okay, well, if this happens and this happens and I have to do this and commissioners have to do more work than they normally would. Now, here's a funny example, though. So I am thrilled that this game is being played because in one of my leagues, uh, I was being a good guy. Maybe I should, not, I should stop being a good guy. But one of our guys in our league who I'm playing against forgot to text me or he texted the wrong group of who his backup player is, and it's a backup kicker. So he has uh, Gostowski on the Titans. That's his starting kicker. He texted the wrong group, and he sent me a screenshot with the time that, hey, I was supposed to send this to you, but I sent it to them on accident. <laughs> his backup kicker is Koo on the Falcons. Okay? Oh, wow. So Koo got 10 points. I am up in the league by nine and a half points. So if the game had been canceled, I would lose by decimal points. But now it's up to Goskowski uh, for the Titans. And so if the game looks like it's going to be played, so I still have a chance to hold on. I'm, I can't believe how hard I'm going to be rooting against field goals for this game. But uh, that's an example where, like, he texted me last night. And he goes, you better hope they play because if not, I win. And I'm like, you son of a <laughs> I'm like, I take it back. You don't get the substitute. You texted the wrong group. You lose. Um, yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Let me ask you guys this. What's been more challenging this year for fantasy managers juggling COVID and the uncertainty or all of the injuries that we've seen? Uh, I think you got to go injuries. There's just been so many. And now you're looking at, okay, who, who's this backup? You know, did I have the handcuff? Do I need to look at kind of that situation? Um, Backup kickers, for, for God's sakes. We're seeing kickers get cut and injured, and it's it's wild. Like, the COVID thing, I think we you can create rules around that, like we did this week, and all of my leagues took on the same exact rule. Replace it if it's – here's your player. They get replaced if it's canceled. Injuries, you just don't have that luxury. Like, for instance, I'm down – I'm currently down in one league by, like, 26 points. I got Josh Allen and A.J. Brown playing. Dalvin Cook had 15 points at the start of the, in the first half. Tweaks his hammy on, or t- tweaks his groin on the first play of the second half. Madison goes to score fifteen more points. Like I can't control that. That one sucks. And now I'm lucky to have Madison because it sounds like um, they might rest Gurley in an additional week just to be safe. But you can't plan for that. There's no additional options. I feel like COVID, you can get around it with like that extra IR spot that you can add if they end up deeming to be out or whatever it may be. Um, but the injuries this year have just been absolutely brutal. The injuries have definitely been brutal. They have been top-tier fantasy players. Maybe my answer is different just because I've been directly affected more so on my teams by COVID. For instance, I've got Cam Newton in two leagues that are also two quarterback leagues. Oh, that's, so, that's Yeah. So here's the thing with Cam Newton. Like, I think I could put Julian Edelman in this situation. You just mentioned A.J. Brown to a lot of these guys. and Who knows? Maybe there'll be some others in the future as well. Of like, If they're really good, you can't cut them. Like, if you've got Saquon Barkley in non-keeper leagues, if you've got Dak Prescott in non-keeper leagues, you can just cut them and be like, okay, like the season's over. I get you have the IR spot, and you're not going to get, if someone's got COVID, the same type of production out of it. But there is a roster juggling of, all right, how long am I keeping them on the roster for? Can I trade them? Like, you don't want to trade somebody if they're not – okay, they're hurt with COVID because they're not in the lineup. But you don't know if they're going to come back 
fully to the player they could have been, unlike an injury where you have like, all right, the player's out two to four weeks of an ankle injury. Okay. Uh, COVID, I don't know. Well, what am I going to – what do I do? Like, do I keep him? <laughs> do I cut him? Do I move him? Do I – so me, personally, I've been more affected by COVID. I know what to do with injuries. I've been there, done that for as many years as we've played. I have no clue what to do with my COVID players still. I wish I could offer advice. Uh, be good at the waiver wire. I guess it's my advice if you're in the spots I am. Try to find somebody that can hit that spot as best you can. Yeah, it's funny. I think, I think COVID has made us think more as, as fantasy managers because we have to plan like the what-if game. And I think, Kyle, you experienced it this week where, okay, we, we implemented the new rule where you can have the substitute bench players, but they have to be on your bench. So if you roster one of those tight ends, now you're rostering two tight ends. And same thing if you have a quarterback that you, know, you expected it to be a week 10 by – but now it might be a week four by week, and you now you need to roster two quarterbacks. So you're cutting guys who you maybe wanted to stash on your bench. Now you're having to get rid of those guys. I think you had to cut like Latavius Murray and stuff like that, where guys you want to keep, but because of COVID, you have to do more shuffling. The injuries one, those are have costed people wins uh, week to week. Like Kyle mentions Dalvin Cook. I think a lot of people with Dak Prescott, you know, a guy who's averaging 30 points, and you lose him for the for an entire half. Um, so, but those are unpredictable. You're not going into the week predicting, oh, I think Dak's going to break his ankle this week. I think the COVID one has taken more of our time and we've had to think more and yeah, think outside the box. And like God said, an example of, you know, I had a chance to trade for Derrick Henry. It was going to be a kind of a, a monster trade, but then I really had to think like, am I even going to get Derrick Henry this week? Like if I make that trade, he might be on my bench again. And, and we just don't know what that's going to look like. Um, from the injury standpoint, let's, let's talk about Dak a little bit. Um, brutal, right? Like, I want to preface that with, you know, we selfishly have these players on our team, and you might have the reaction of, oh, my gosh, you know, I'm going to lose because Dak got hurt. First and foremost, it sucks. Like, Dak and that offense, they're one of the most exciting offenses in football. Top passing yard team uh, up to the point where he got hurt. Um, you feel bad because – he hadn't been paid the big bucks yet. And that's why I never really criticize players. I, I criticize teams for giving out those monster contracts because I think with how the salary cap works, if you overpay for a guy, you're screwing yourself down the line. But I will never criticize a player for demanding a big contract because of this exact reason of now what's it going to look like for Dak? He's going to miss the rest of the year. Hopefully he comes back healthy, but – uh, from a fantasy standpoint, what do we think about what do we think about Andy Dalton? He now becomes QB one in Dallas with one of the top receiving groups in the league with Amari Cooper, Ceedee Lamb, Michael Gallup. Uh, maybe they become a more run heavy team with Zeke like they have in years past. But Andy Dalton, NFL vet led a game-winning drive against the New York Giants. What do we think? Do we think Andy Dalton has any fantasy relevance this year? In our WTF league, I had Dak Prescott, and I was thrilled to have him. I loved him going into the year. I think when we did our preview show, they talked about how much I loved Dak and the numbers he was putting up. I say yes to Andy Dalton for being fantasy relevant. I know times my co-host Levesque on one of four five teams love saying can't throw in the wind which might be true December might be a little risky but if you're in December in fantasy football you're likely in the playoffs anyways the receivers are good 
Dalton has been probably middle of the road. I know he had one glimpse where he flirted with the top five, top seven, depending on your scoring in your respective leagues. He's been okay. Like, he's been a serviceable quarterback in fantasy. He's probably going to rank for the rest of the season maybe 14th, 18th. Like, you're probably going to play matchups with Andy Dalton. Is he worth being on your roster? Yes. Is he worth starting? The NFC East stinks. So I think because of the schedule, yeah, there's some good fantasy relevance to Andy Dalton. Agreed 100%. His team can carry him. Um, he, in my opinion, is 100% worth grabbing on the waiver wire for a couple reasons. One, for that bye week, he is a more – the talent around him is more than serviceable to make him a stud quarterback. Then you also have to look at it from this option. Okay, you get that – you get Andy Dalton and say he puts up 24 a game. You are now in a team loses a quarterback or needs a quarterback on a bye week, and you all of a sudden need like a James White or somebody like that that can get you points on a bye week. Hey, I'll give you Andy Dalton for James White. He's some trade bait. So if you have if you have one of those waiver wire uh, potentials where hey, I'm up there, I'm uh, maybe two or three, and Chase Claypool is more than likely going to go. Grab Dalton, use him, and because he could be a stud with how much he's got around him. Let's play a little name game with the red rifle or the red rocket, as Kyle likes to call him. Um, <laughs> so would you would you rather have all right, would you rather have Andy Dalton? This is for rest of season fantasy football. Would you rather have Andy Dalton or Gardner Minshew? Dalton. Ooh. Oh, I wish people on this podcast could see Gaz's face right now. I would go. I will go Minshew just because I think the Jaguars are going to throw more in the second half. I think Dalton will hand it to Zeke more in the second half. That's very close, though. That might very be within, close. like, talking about, I mean, single Minshew, points. Minshew, yeah. and this is what we think he's probably going to be, is a borderline. He's not top ten, but he's going to be that borderline range where, like God said, you play the matchups. If they have a juicy matchup against a, you know, a depleted Eagles secondary or, a, the, you know, the Giants give up a lot of points. Actually, the defense of the Giants has played okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's going to be opportunities for Dalton to sling it. And the Cowboys' defense has been bad. That's the other thing. Like, That's putting it nicely. Prescott has been leading the league in passing yards is because they're down by two scores, and they got to chuck it. And that's what frustrates Kyle with the, the usage of Zeke Elliott. All right. Would you rather have Andy Dalton or Baker Mayfield the rest of the year? Ooh. Baker. I agree, Baker. Yeah. I think it's I think it's I think it's another really tight one. Um, but I think Baker, after watching these last couple of games with Baker, I think he's starting to come in a little bit on his own. Um, does Dallas have the better weapons? Yep. But I think even with Baker, uh they oh, see now I'm questioning myself. I'm gonna stop talking because now I'm leaning more towards Dalton the more I think about like the run game and everything like that. Yeah, it's a run first team in Cleveland. Baker's had some moments this year where you're like, okay, that's why he was the number one pick, but not very consistent. If you're in this boat making that decision, you're probably struggling as is. So it's going to be a week-to-week uh, decision. How about Andy Dalton or Kirk Cousins? Dalton. Dalton. Yeah, I think I go And that Dalton. pains me to say. I go Dalton there as well. All right, this one, your first reaction, if like, check, your, you've lost, you're off your rocker. Would you rather have Andy Dalton or Matt Ryan? I go Matt I, Ryan still. Right? I, I don't think it's as bad as, as like, Chet, you're off your rocker, just because they have yeah. to throw all right. the time. I mean, like, I mean, Matt Ryan put up nothing this week. 
And I mean, he's a guy who usually does throw for you know 300 plus or whatever. But Julio's hurt. Uh, you know, Russell Gage has been injured. Ridley's banged up. That they just fired their coach. I mean, that that's a dumpster fire of a team right now. You probably still feel more confident with Matt Ryan, but he's also one of those fancy quarterbacks where you don't really know what you're going to get week to week. And he's going to he's going to throw a last minute interception that's going to drive you nuts because he's going to get you into the twenty point range, and then he's going to throw that pick at the end of the game that he always does. I think you still probably go Matt Ryan, but we all agree, you know, take a deep look at your team. Andy Dalton could be a pleasant surprise on a pass heavy team at this point. Chad, let me toss one more at you guys because I'm curious at this one. Would you take Andy Dalton or Drew Brees for the rest of the year? Oh, Ooh. I'd still go Brees. I'd still go Brees. This is at this point, but this is harder because I think with how that offense works, even though Brees doesn't throw the ball deep anymore, Kamara can turn those little dunk passes into huge gains and big plays, and they get creative. So I'd still go Brees. I think I think the ceiling's higher for Dalton, but Breeze will give you more consistent, more confident games than you will with, with Andy Dalton. Kyle? Yeah. I know I I know I sound crazy. I'll let you go to the next Kyle. Like I know I sound crazy. I would take Dalton. Mm-hmm. I really would. You mentioned Kamara. I feel like that offense is gonna be more reliant on Kamara because he's been a top fantasy running back. I don't know what Drew Brees is without Michael Thomas. I get he punched the teammate in the face, and maybe after this week I'll look stupid and say he's got Michael Thomas. The answer is Michael Thomas, and we see how valuable he is to the Saints' offense. But unlike those other teams in the Jags and Falcons where I think are going to be awful and throw a lot in the second half, I don't know if the Saints are going to throw a lot in the second half. And Sean Payton is taking Drew Brees out in scoring situations. Taysom Hill was in the game multiple times. If it wasn't for the Chargers who have lost – I think the number is nine one-score games in their last 21 games. Excuse me, 13. 13 one-score games they've lost in the last 21. I would take Dalton over Drew Brees for the rest of the year. I I, I love Chet's point. Brees is going to be the more consistent. Dalton has the much higher ceiling. But I'm going to side with God's on this one just because I think that offense is deadlier. And I think Zeke is proving – Zeke's been in the game a lot more on passing downs. I think he has the ability to be um, a step below Kamara. Obviously, Kamara is so shifty. He can make whatever happens out of the backfield happen. Um, but I, you got to go with that Dallas offense because I would love to say they're going to run the ball more. I said at the beginning of this year on this podcast, they have to run the ball if they want to be a successful team. But I'm getting shot in the foot right here, and they're throwing still 65 70% of the game when you have probably a top three running back in the league. Now, granted, there's a lot, the line's unhealthy, but I, I still think Dalton's going to get the opportunities to throw the ball up, and I think Dalton's going to be a, probably a consistent 20-point scorer just because of who he has around him. The red rocket, the red <laughs> rifle is back. All right, a couple more. Uh, more interesting waiver claims as we head into week six. Still waiting for week five to finish, but heading into week six, uh, Alexander Madison. I'm going to mention his name, but he should already be rostered in all of your leagues. If he's not, then whoever had Dalvin Cook is not a very good manager because obviously Madison is one of the most valuable handcuffs in the game. Uh, 136 total yards uh, as he filled in for Dalvin Cook in that second half against Seattle. Uh, Super talented. Luckily, it sounds like Dalvin Cook's injury is not serious, and it looks like he's going to play. 
for the upcoming week. If not, uh, Alexander Madison immediately becomes a must play. So just monitor the situation. He's probably already taken in your, in your league. If not, worth, worth grabbing on the waiver wire. Here's an interesting one, though. So Austin Eckler, one of the many players who's, who's injured in fantasy, everyone was really high on Joshua Kelly to kind of come in and the rookie would take over and be the stud in L.A. Did you guys watch the game last night? Dude, Justin Jackson just looked like the better running back. And yeah. at the end of the game, he was the one on the field. So I think if Justin Jackson's available in your league, he's worth taking. I think he, it's, it's a small sample size. But I think clearly Justin Jackson looked like the better running back last night. I hate to steal both of your waiver wire picks for the week, but those are the exact two that I had, especially Justin Jackson. I was so proud of myself that I had Justin Jackson last week going into this week's matchup on some teams. I'm like, I got this one. You know, you almost feel proud that it's like that late round flyer in a draft. If you get the right running back or right receiver after an injury, you feel so proud. I really love the Justin Jackson. Week. I think he's going to be a – consistent score for the Chargers, especially with that team all over the place with Herbert and fourth quarter comebacks or non-comebacks or blown leads. I love the Jackson possibilities. Yeah, Jackson Jackson all the way. I actually grabbed him in one of my leagues last week um, over Kelly because him at, a, him at Northwestern, he was a terror at Northwestern, and he would have been – I think he's a very, very good running back. So um, I like Justin Jackson as well. If there's anybody that comes from the Big Ten, Kyle Ray is your uh, is your man hey, on that. Hey, Big Ten feeds running backs. <laughs> uh, just for the numbers from last night on Monday night, uh, Jackson went 15 rushes for 71. Kelly 11 for 29. Again, it's one game since we've you know, not seen Austin Eckler out there, but uh, we all agree Justin Jackson looks like the better pickup uh, over Joshua Kelly. Um, wide receivers get the elephant out of the room. What's, what's that? Get the elephant out of the room now. What, with wide receivers? Yeah. <laughs> what's the elephant? <laughs> Mr. Claypool. Oh, my goodness. If I told you that Chase Claypool and Tra- Travis Fulgham, who the <laughs> hell is Travis Fulgham? Those were the top two wide receivers this week. And Claypool wasn't even close. I mean, you have four freaking touchdowns and 100-plus yards receiving. Um, is there any staying power? Do, do we think that these guys, I mean, they're going to get picked up on waivers. Somebody's going to pick them up because they need help at wide receiver. Are you, guys, are you guys buying in on any of the hype or the stock of Chase Claypool or Travis Fulgham? I am actually buying all in on Claypool. Um, the amount, I think everybody was really high coming out, coming, um, with him coming out of Notre Dame. And I think some people were just waiting for that moment. And a lot of people are saying that he's going to start being the number one over Juju. And Juju, that if that happens, I think no matter what in that offense, Juju Smith-Schuster, and now with the emergence of Claypool, if he ends up taking over that number two, those two are a scary tandem. And then you got um, Deontay Johnson. Johnson and Washington there. That, that receiving core is scary. I'm actually – I'm sold on Claypool. They involved him a ton last week. Um, I think right there he took over for Johnson. Like, I don't think, I don't think there should be any questions after that. But I, he, it's actually my waiver order this week is going to be Claypool, Madison, and, and um, Fulgham. 
I believe it was 2018, but maybe my math is off here. It could have been 2017, Juju Smith-Schuster's rookie season. Claypool is going to be like that. Like, he's going to finish around, like, a top 15 to 20 receiver. He's not going to be like Michael Thomas. He's going to be a top five receiver. But I think he's going to be like Juju's rookie year stats, the year he really took off with Ben Roethlisberger. I would look at his stats like that. And, by the way, if you lost to a team that had Jace Claypool in their starting lineup, are you even mad? No. Like, okay, Chase Claypool beat me. You get that one. You know what? I, I'll take the L. I'll take the L. And, like, and you can't kick yourself if he's on your bench. Like, if you're already rostering him, you're probably doing jumping jacks. Um, but, yeah, like, no one really saw this kind of performance coming. I mean, he'd, he'd been used. Clearly, they want to get him the ball. They're trying to get him on end arounds and deep shots. And uh, obviously, the talent is all there. I mean, he's a freakish looking athlete, too. Uh, not DK Metcalf level, but not too far behind. This huge body. Um, yeah, I think I like Claypool. Travis Fulcom's a cool story. I, and you like the ego situation because who else is Wentz throwing to? Like, there's no Alshon Jeffrey, there's no Deshaun Jackson, Zach Ertz. I don't know what what his where he's been the first few weeks of the season, uh, barely getting targeted. So yeah, maybe Fulgham has a larger target share, but you like the athleticism and the offense more in Pittsburgh. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. More chances to score. So yeah, I think I go Claypool over Fulgham. I'd also like to point out that the top four wide receivers were Claypool, Fulgham, Brandon Cooks, and Mike Williams. That's fantasy football in a nutshell because nobody had those guys in the top, even in the top 10 for this week. And those were your top four wide receivers. You might even be able to push that to top 20. And I'm going to say, by the way, don't buy in on Mike Williams. I, I know that no. he got hurt in that, in that game. Just don't do it. We've all done it before because he, he fits – like he, he should be a, a consistent playmaker. He's not. Just don't do it. He's, he's going to get hurt. He's going to fall off. Whatever. One last thing I'm going to say about the Claypool, um, I don't know what Kevin Colbert does, the GM in Pittsburgh, or who is their scout. They are the best drafting wide receiver team in the NFL, and it's not even close. Yep. 2010, Antonio Brown in the sixth round. Same year, Emmanuel Sanders in the third. Juju in 17, a second rounder. Deontay, third rounder in 2019. And then Claypool in the second round. So not only are they not burning first-round pick on wide receivers, every single one of them hits. It's amazing what they're able to pull off in Pittsburgh. Let's also give love to Ben Roethlisberger, too, because those wide receivers weren't as good when Duck Hodges was throwing the football. You know? Is anybody going to be good when Duck Hodges is throwing the football? <laughs> no. 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 But, no, I said this to my brother last week. Uh, I have – maybe it was two weeks ago. I have such an appreciation now for Big Ben. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. – just because you see what life's like without him. And this is a guy who's at the end of his career. A few, maybe two, three more years left in, in Big Ben. So he's at the downward part of his career, and he's still just so much better than option two. Like, just look at Juju's involvement, Deontay Johnson, just the offense in general. He can do things that other guys just can't do, even in his older age of quarterback. It's amazing the different – they're literally in this entire world there are 15 good quarterbacks. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone else sucks. And we see it on a weekly basis. So, yeah, uh, new appreciation for Big Ben. All right. We have a new segment this week. Gaz just comes in with a new segment every week. I love it. 
So, guys, what's the new segment you want to introduce this week on What the Fantasy? I want to ask you a question. Is this dumb? Yes, it is. Uh, 2020 has been a weird year in fantasy. There have been traditions we've had in fantasy football that maybe we don't follow anymore. I'll lead it off. Just basically, you guys got to tell me, if you do this in your fantasy league, should this person be criticized and called stupid? So question one, if there's someone in your fantasy league screaming at quarterbacks, so week to week, they're picking up quarterbacks off the waiver wire and starting in games. Is that dumb? I think this year specifically, I would have probably been saying no two, three years ago. I think in today's um, uh, fantasy football scenarios, yes, I think it is stupid. You need to find that number one quarterback. There are 10 or 12 quarterbacks that I feel like you can rely on week in and week out. And you're going to have those games, for example, like Matt Ryan did this week, where he threw up a dud. It's going to happen. It's inevitable. But if you're trying to scramble, oh, do I pick up, uh, am I going to go Foles and then Minshew and then Kirk Cousins and then uh, Tom Brady and then, oh, let me scramble to go Brian Hoyer. Yes, stop doing that. Get yourself a quarterback that you, can, that you have faith in, that you know, hey, they've got the weapons around them. They're going to throw the ball. And then on that bye week, then, yeah, you're going to have to make a scramble. But I do think it's dumb right now for you to, streaming, to stream quarterbacks. You've got to have faith in some of the guys that are throwing the ball. So – I think it depends on league size. If you're streaming in a 10-quarterback league, yes, you're, you're, you're dumb because you don't have to do that or you drafted really poorly. <clears throat> in some of the larger leagues, <clears throat> especially two quarterbacks, yeah, streaming, you might have to do it because there are guys who are underperforming, whether it's the Drew Brees where he's not throwing the ball as deep anymore and he's not giving you the bigger games that he has in the past. What about a guy like Deshaun Watson who has struggled mightily this year? And there are guys who have now come into their own, like Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, even though Joe Burrow just had a really rough game. But there are guys where you might have drafted someone with confidence, a Carson Wentz. You might have drafted a little bit too high this year. And you're now looking at how many weeks am I willing to just, just start him because I drafted him and he's going to continue to underperform. So I don't think it's as dumb this year because there are some surprises at the quarterback position where – do I think like every week you should be dropping and whatever? No, but I think you might – maybe you found someone on the waiver wire and now you're going back and forth between a guy who's typically a must start and a guy where you're playing the matchup because these rookies have put up some big numbers, the Herberts and the Burroughs. In the past, I would say this is the stupidest thing ever. But – I also was super loyal to the players I drafted, which is a weird thing to do in fantasy. I think it always feels like when you cut someone you drafted, like, all right, I failed. Like, I personally failed as a drafting manager that this guy sucks. It's, it's my fault. That's how I used to think the mindset was because I didn't want to give up on my guys who I thought would be good. This year, I'm totally cool with streaming quarterbacks because you're playing matchups. Like, hey, if I think – you mentioned Deshaun Watson. If I think Watson's going to put up 15 and Teddy Bridgewater's playing the Falcons and I think he's going to put up 22, I'm going to pick up Bridgewater. If I think Kirk Cousins is, has a nice match against somebody else, I might start Cousins because all these quarterback injuries and everything else, my goal is still to put the best guys in the lineup week to week. I would stream quarterbacks. I hate it. It's so stupid, but it's not anymore. <laughs> 2020 makes me think it's not stupid anymore. All right, the next one here. Is this stupid? Having a majority of your lineup, so I would say over three starters, playing on the final game of that week, so Monday, Tuesday, whatever, Structuring your lineup for safety 
for the last game of the week to have players in your lineup. I know we covered this a little bit earlier in the podcast, but is it stupid to take lesser players potentially risking other players getting bumped because of COVID? So let me get this straight. You're saying, like, should you bench Monday players? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying if you have a pretty good um, lineup, you bench a player in your lineup instead. You bench a player in your lineup and play the Monday guys instead. Hey, I started A.J. Brown. Titans got scratched. I didn't start him anyways. I started the fourth-string receiver for the Packers against the Falcons. Is it stupid to just bank on game time rather than points, I guess? Kyle, I'll let you go first on this one. I think you have to still take the best player. And I did it this week um, with um, A.J. Brown. Like, yep, the game was Monday. We were still waiting but I wanted him in there. And I think if I had the option, I would have still played A.J. Brown. And if it got bumped, it got bumped. Shame on me. That sucks. But I don't think, and to your point, for example, if I had A.J. Brown or if I have Washington for, uh, the, the, for Pittsburgh, I'm not going to start Washington. I think I'll take the risk and, and go A.J. Brown. Um, but I also kind of think it has to depend on the position. If you have... Derrick Henry playing on Tuesday and your next best option is Frank Gore for the Jets with Le'Veon coming back, you might want to take a chance of going Derrick Henry over Gore. So I think that part kind of has a little bit of an um, challenge to it too, depending on where, where you're looking at. Like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, hopefully your league has implemented rules where you're, you're a little bit protected on these games that get pushed and the COVID concern. I think you still go with the best player. You, you can't, you can't get in your own head and start benching guys that you normally – go with the best players, go with your workhorses, and, and hopefully the games get played. And if not, hopefully your league has rules in place, uh, some safety nets for you. Totally. And if the only thing I would do is maybe take a flyer and a wide receiver or tight end. Like Kyle said, position by basis. If you feel like, hey, I'm going to get lucky on Monday night and hit a you know, two-touchdown game out of some random wide out or tight end, maybe that's the way you do it. Last one here. Is this dumb? Sitting defenses on purpose – to avoid negative points in your lineup. Is that dumb? I'm going to say yes. I think it's dumb. Even though there has not been the consistent juggernaut, whether it's New England of last year, the Jaguars of a few years ago, like it's, it's kind of harder per, to predict. It looks like the, the Indianapolis Colts have been the best one so far. But um, I'm going to say it is dumb because defenses can still win you matchups. You, you hope for the pick six or the kickoff, punt return for a touchdown. There's, there's too much of a, a – it is boom or bust, but the boom is too important to let go by. You know what I mean? Like you're hoping – you're just hoping for six or seven, eight points and you don't go backwards. But there is the possibility for 15 or 20 points that could be the difference maker. So it's a roll of the dice. And it's, you, even in years past, it's a roll of the dice. You play the matchups, you stream the best defense – Hopefully it pays off. So I think it, it would be dumb to just accept a zero at that position. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Like I was very close this week to not playing a defense because I looked last minute and realized, oh, I have the Chiefs defense in there going against the Raiders. I hate that idea. Um, and, for example, to Chet's point, this week, pending tonight's game, there's only five teams, I believe, that went negative this week. So you're telling me you have a – The odds are your, in your favor. Exactly. And one point is one point. It is hard for a defense to go in the negatives. It really is. 
the only one I only thing I would say is if for some reason, say you picked up the Jets defense because they were going against a really good matchup like COVID hit and a bunch of starters were out and you picked them up and next week they play the Chiefs and there's no other option out there for some stupid reason. Yeah, then maybe you look at, okay, guess what? I'm probably going to sit them because the chances of them getting a negative I think are very high. But nine time, 99 times out of 100, I'd say you have to start a defense. Yeah. Agree. It's weird we're even having the conversation in 2020 that that's what defenses are now doing after how good the Patriots D was in 2019. I agree. It is still stupid to sit a defense, pick sixes, and get eight points. Even if they put up a negative, I think the lowest can get four or four or five after a pick six or a return touchdown, still got to play defense. Yep. Right. Yep. I, I agree with that. Any more, stupid, any more stupid things? Nope. I can't roll <laughs> around any more stupid. Just those three. <laughs> There's a lot of stupid things in 2020. So, uh, yeah, we'll see if that, if that segment comes back next week. Last thing we're going to end with, um, again, week five is not even officially over yet, but looking ahead to week six, what is your hot take? Speaking of 2020, everyone has a hot take these days. What is your this is going to happen hot take either for next week or the rest of the season? I'll start. So it might not be as hot. But I'm going to go high here. So my hot take of the week, Hopkins, Murray, Kenyon Drake, and Chase Edmonds will combine for over 100 points this week with Hopkins leading the way with 35-plus. I – after what who Hopkins the, who are they, been, Who are they playing? They are playing the Cowboys. Oh, okay. That defense is in rough shape. Hopkins has proven that he is just going to get target after target after target. I think Murray's going to have one of his best games, and that rushing defense for Dallas ain't great. I mean, they let uh, Devonta Freeman have a touchdown in 70 yards, plus you had some Galman spurts there. Um, give me those four for over 100. I'm even going to go probably as far as I have Drake and Edmonds in the league. I'm probably starting both of them this week because I like the matchup so well. Going off of that, Kyle, and guys, I want your, your take on this. It's kind of similar to the Justin Jackson, Joshua Kelly, where you, you watch the game. Who do you think's better, Chase Edmonds or Kenyon Drake? Just from an eye test, not just from a fantasy. Still, Kenyon Drake is RB1 to this point, to our knowledge. But just from the eye test, who do you think is a better running back in Arizona? I think I texted it to you, Chet. And I think it's got to be Edmonds just because the holes are so much bigger when Edmonds is out there. I don't know if he's making the right cut and Drake is more just going with his head down. But when Edmonds runs, it just looks like his first step out of the backfield when he gets to the line of scrimmage is to the open hole. And Drake is always has hands around him. So I think by the eye test, you got to go Edmonds, especially with the amount of catches he's getting. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. The passing game is, I think, what separates Edmonds. I think he's just more versatile. He's one of those, like, you could look at the Browns when they were healthy. Like, Nick Chubb is the, the workhorse and he's awesome. But I still think Ken, Kareem Hunt, if I had to pick one of those two, I'd rather have Kareem Hunt just because of versatility. Like that guy, you see the touchdown he had this past week? Kareem Hunt? Stupid. That was a wide receiver catch. Like, yeah. Nick, no offense to Nick Chubb, he can't do that. Nick Chubb's great, but kind of a one-trick pony, right? I think he's a really good pony. But, like, but Kareem Hunt to me is like, in the age of passing, I want that guy that can go run routes. You know, and like what we saw with Le'Veon Bell at Pittsburgh, that guy that can go out and literally look like a wide receiver. So I think similar to that, um, I like, I do like Chase Edmonds. He's a guy we didn't mention him in the waiver wire because he should be already rostered. Whoever has Kenyon Drake should have drafted Chase Edmonds. If he's still available, go get him because he's carving out a role in that offense 
And if something does happen to Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds becomes a top 10 running back. So if he's available out there, go get him because you don't know what's going to happen. But, uh, yeah, I like Edmonds as well. All right, hot take. What do you have, guys? You said week six or for the rest of the season? It could be either. It could be either. So something okay, I like to happen next week or moving forward, this is a fire take incoming. Yeah, here we go. A Jet skill player will finish the rest of the season in their respective position as a top 15 fantasy player for the rest of the year as a member of not the New York Jets. I know that's a little confusing, but that means I think Le'Veon Bell, Sam Darnold, Jamison Crowder, Chris Herndon, somebody from the Jets' offense will get traded to a contender, and that player on that new team will then become a top 15 fantasy player for the rest of the year. I already kind of had a headache because I didn't drink enough coffee this morning, and that just, like, <laughs> broke my brain. Wow. Wow. That's called hot, baby. That was, that was burning hot. I was thinking you were going to just say that Jamison Crowder is going to sustain what's been a great start to the season for him. But you're saying someone's going to get traded from the Jets, <clears throat> Le'Veon Bell, and then that guy is going to be top 15 at his position. Le'Veon Bell or Sam Darnold to Chicago. Who knows? Is that real? There was a big story Schefter had on Sunday morning that they can't field for a first-round pick right now. But if you're the Bears, why not? You think Trubisky or Foles, you're tied for the lead right now in the NFC and wins. Do you think you're a better team with Darnold? Trubisky or Foles can take down the Packers or Seahawks. Neither. <laughs> put put <laughs> more Daryl Patterson. Oh, man. So there's my hot take. I think a former Jet will finish the top 15 on not the Jets. Okay. Well, let's just play a game here. That's – very bold. Um, that is the hottest take I think we're going to have today. If you're the GM of the Bears, do you try? Do, do you think Sam Darnold puts you over the top compared to what you have? I don't know. I don't know who Sam Darnold is. Everything coming out of college said Sam Darnold was great. I didn't believe it. I wasn't sure. I didn't, I didn't believe it either, and I don't have that in writing. But I've definitely said to people <laughs> that yes. – I did not buy it because he was turnover prone at USC. And that's always a concern. If you're turnover prone in college, it's going to get worse in the NFL. Yep. So yeah, I, I would say no, because I'd imagine the jets would ask for a King's ransom. Did Schefter say what they were asking for? Uh, he believes he is not feeling a first round pick. They, the jets can't get a first round pick out of it. Right. I imagine the jets are requiring that. Because you would just look so dumb. I would, I would just say this about Chicago quickly, that if you're 4-1 right now, and you honestly think you have to find a way to beat the Packers or Seahawks, and you feel like you're one of the best teams in the NFC, which I don't think they are, but hey, they're in position now. Right. Uh, what do you do to get better? Right. Your defense is great. Dave Montgomery's okay. Your wide receivers made some plays. How do you become a contender for the Super Bowl? I think that we all know the answer is quarterback. I, I, think, the, I think the answer is pretty obvious. You invent a time machine. <laughs> you pop in said time machine and you offer Cam Newton just like a little bit of money. Just a little bit. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then you're set and you hope – and you put him in a bubble and then you don't let him go anywhere to get COVID. And then you're going to yes. – So, yeah, that is clearly the obvious choice. Uh, I say you ride out – I think you ride with Nick Foles, even though he didn't show you really anything uh, this past week. But I, I just don't think – for what you'd have to give up for a guy like Darnold, who, like Kyle said – we don't really know. We've seen glimpses, but is it, is it the players around him in New York? Is it Adam Gase, 
Is it the Jets? <laughs> right. Is it just because he's in, in East Rutherford that that's the issue? Or is this guy just really what we, we feared he might have been in college? So, wow, I missed that story on Sunday. Woo! Um, okay, my fire take is not nearly as scolding hot as Gaz's. Uh, I think Mike Davis will finish as a top 20 player in uh, fantasy for running backs. And Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm buying in. Uh, I think if you have Mike Davis, I would try to trade him because I think his stock is going to be the highest that it will be for the rest of the year. But even when Christian McCaffrey comes back, which it should be happening in the next week or two, um, I don't think you just let Mike Davis sit on the sidelines. I think that's going to become an offense that's going to utilize both. Um, he's currently RB9, and he didn't touch the ball in week one. Think about that. <laughs> he's RB9 with zero touches in a week that he was healthy. Um, wow. another, another big stat, Carolina's undefeated without CMC. And they haven't played scrubs. Like, they're not playing the Bengals and the, and the Jets. Like, they're playing teams that are actually pretty solid, and they're 3-0, and and they were 0-2 with CMC. So what I'm saying is I think that this offense realized, hey, we have other weapons, whether we're getting Robbie Anderson involved, DJ Moore had a big touchdown. They're realizing, hey, maybe we don't have to give CMC the ball 35 times to be successful. Let's get other guys involved. And another thing is we don't know exactly how healthy CMC is going to be when he comes back with that ankle. Would you be surprised if Mike Davis gets the goal line work? He's a no. bulldozer. He's an absolute bulldozer. If I was running that offense, I'd rather have Christian McCaffrey healthy between the 20s and then instead of him getting wrecked at the goal line, Let's bring in a guy who's a freaking bulldozer who has proved that he can be utilized in the passing game. I think Mike Davis has to maintain a role. The guy's averaging over 20 points the last three weeks, averaging 20 points in fantasy football. I think Mike Davis is going to be a thing. That's my hot take. Well, I think, I, I think we've we talked about it. You, like, and Christian got hurt. You can't run. You can't give Christian the ball thirty-five times. I think it sets up Mike Davis to have a role perfectly. I, when you bring up those points, it's a bold take, but I have to agree with you. I think that's a great, great thing to uh, shoot a take on. My sports radio host senses are tingling with this headline, like you just gave me about the Panthers being three zero without McCaffrey. Because I know if McCaffrey was a quarterback and just got a huge contract, that would be our talking point. Do they need him for the future? Did they overpay? Was it a mistake? Now, again, it's three games, but if the Panthers keep playing well, Chet, like, this would have been a classic, did they make a mistake giving them all that money? We're not there yet. Matt Rule might be, and Joe Brady might be that good of coaches. And they might have got it completely right in Carolina. But, boy, oh, I want to start some controversy in sports radio with the take, like, being 3-0 without your best player. Because, like, well, like, yeah, because they are successful. So now if you have a chance to potentially win in the NFC South, you want McCaffrey, McCaffrey to be as healthy as he can be down the stretch. So, like, wouldn't you guys be surprised if McCaffrey comes back and continues the workload as we've seen the last few years? Like, there's no yeah. way. There's no way they would do that. And so that's why I think you're looking at Mike Davis. If you got him on the waiver, you've been ecstatic with what he's produced for you the last three weeks. You're glad you burned that waiver pick. But you, there probably is some trepidation, SAT word, moving forward of – how is he going to sustain this when CMC comes back? I think that you're going to be okay. He's going to be, it's going to be probably similar to what Latavius Murray produces where, yeah, you might have some weeks where you only get five, six, seven points, 
But there might be some weeks where he falls into the end zone twice and you're looking at a 20-point week. So, and just for, uh, for uh, you know, the team that they beat, they beat the Chargers, which is, I mean, they almost just beat the Saints, pretty solid team, beat the Cardinals, another pretty formidable opponent out of the NFC West, and they beat the Falcons this past week. I mean, the Falcons are a dumpster fire of a team right now. But, I mean, they were the underdog number- in that game. They were the underdog going into that game. Which is amazing to me. I picked them and picked them, by the way. Very proud of that pick. Um, they have the Bears, Saints, and then Falcons again, and then the Chiefs. That's a, pre- that's a pretty, uh, pretty tough stretch coming up for the Panthers. We'll see when CMC comes back, what that offense looks like. Here's another question. Would you consider trading CMC? Ooh. He's been on your bench. You've, you've stuck it out through the, through the, uh, the IR. Would you want to trade? So would you be more in favor of trading CMC at this point than riding out the rest of the season? Yes. And I think it goes to a classic thing in fantasy leagues. Sometimes name recognition gets you a trade. Sometimes when someone's so familiar with past success, you can bank off more than you benefit from seeing go number one. Yeah. I think I would love, I would, yeah. Make that move if you can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you even trade him to the guy that has Mike Davis or and, and get a and get a little bit of a, a ransom there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give, give give CMC and uh, a number two wide receiver for a big name number one and a and another middle of the road uh, Devin Singletary running back. Yeah. See, like this is gonna sound contradictory. I think I would do. I would both try to trade for and trade Christian McCaffrey. Yes. I think because like like God says, the name recognition. You might be able to trick someone who maybe hasn't been paying attention to how good Mike Davis has been. And they're like, oh, well, you know, CMC's the best. You try to trade high for him or, like, you know, get a lot in return or try to sneak a trade. Someone might be, someone might be paying attention and might be worried about what's his usage going to be when he comes back. And maybe you get him for cheap because he still could come back and be a top five running back, right? Because we've yeah. seen how many catches Mike Davis – but we're not disputing Christian McCaffrey is better than Mike Davis. There's no dispute there, right? So if you can steal him from a team for cheap, do it. If you can sell him high, do it. You know what I mean? Like, just see what's out there. If you have him or if he's in your league, maybe somebody is struggling mightily without CMC and they need help immediately. This could be your chance to, to not give up a lot and get a guy who could win you down the stretch. Yep. Any parting shots, final takes? We already had our fire takes, but anything else you guys want to throw out there as we wrap up? What the fantasy? Let's get, back to, let's get back to normal soon, please. Please. Regular fantasy, please. Yeah. Tuesday matchups and everything else and cancellations, hopefully. As, as much as I love to football throughout the week, I don't want Tuesday matchups because I got to be at work at 3.30 in the morning and my bills are on at 7. That's not going to bode well for me tomorrow. Oh, come on. You already told them you're coming in late. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> my, one, my one final thing is I hope that Steven Gostowski gets the yips. That's it for What the Fantasy. <laughs> Enjoy Cousin your Steve. Night. What's that? Cousin Steve. Gostowski, Gostowski. Stay away from my critics on Twitter. <laughs> that's it for this week i want the fantasy enjoy your tuesday night football hopefully no more COVID 19 scares everybody stay safe out there we'll see you next week see you in verdansk without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you 
With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.